Hi, and welcome to The Well Exchange, where we talk about how our spiritual reality impacts our business, our relationships, and more. On today's podcast, we have our friend Josh Fry sharing how theology helped him make sense of his journey of the heart. For more information or to connect with us, find us at thewellexchange.com or on Instagram at thewellexchange. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Well Exchange. I'm here with my friend, Josh Frey. And uh, and so Josh is calling in all the way from 20 minutes away from us. He's very close, which is wonderful. Um, he lives in Leduc and is the associate pastor at Gateway Family Church, which is just a wonderful church. I've known about them for years. Um, would highly recommend one of my good friends Brody goes there who I know you know well and uh I was like a groomsman in his wedding and um you know we've loved Landon the senior pastor there and and Josh I've always actually so I didn't really know Josh until recently and then we've just like connected and, and it's and it's been awesome but I've I've always loved Josh's worship he's a worship leader as well and has done um, incredible things in worship and you know really played with some of the the who's who in current christian worship and in, in all of that and and so josh just re- carries incredible anointing um but where i first met you josh is um is really got to know you i should say is this summer at a camp that we both spoke at and um so josh was leading worship um he had his five children and his lovely wife Katie and it was just a they're 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 just a party all the time they just they <laughs> carry, yeah, they just carry the party with them that's right and uh and so we just started chatting we kind of recognized each other and we're like oh hey and so Angela actually said hi to Katie first and we sat down and it was just it was start off it's like oh this is awesome like we're connecting and it's just some mutual points and then homeschool which you know we're doing as well and then, you know, just a multitude of children, which, you know, we're, we're currently in development of, we're, go, we're at four, but, you know, one in the womb right now. You're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. And, uh, and lots of other stuff. And so it was, um, it was really cool because then at the camp, we were able to start to, to discuss some of these things and the, the process that Josh has gone through in his heart. And what I've really respected about Josh, I've, I've always recognized anointing in worship it's there but what i've loved is in getting to know him is like i see josh as a really wise teacher not just a teacher but he carries that teaching anointing as well and so what i've noticed is some of the best worship leaders are some of the best teachers as well because they actually carry the verbiage and they they really care about the verbiage for the revelation of who god is and what we're singing because that really matters and so um as josh and i hung out uh we got to hang out sometime this summer had our families get to connect and you know every time we sit down um josh has this amazing ability to give language for the things that that our hearts are experiencing and really specific my wife angela she's like i love i love hanging out with josh because he always just gives me language for the things that my heart's experiencing and uh and so um it's it's awesome to get to have him on the podcast and also just uh, as as a quick note josh will be leading worship and also speaking at our upcoming conference uh called heart healthy leadership on october 13th and 14th which we're super excited about uh, Josh carries a real revelation of just the journey that God's taken him through in the process of of understanding what it means to have a healthy heart and connect with God from that place. So, Josh, welcome. Thanks for being on here. Oh, thanks for having me. That was that was a a big intro. I know. Awesome. You know what? Uh, a little intro. 
Well, people like get to know you like I know you as best we can. Thanks, man. Oh. Well, yeah. that's a job, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. And so you've been with Landon for, I think I know for how long, but how long have you been uh, in Leduc and partnering with Landon at Gateway? Um, well, I've been in Leduc for, the. Uh, we're just starting our 14th year. And um, I know, which is, it doesn't, you know, when I look back to when we started, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. And then you're like, oh, there's people who are 14 years old and they're like teenagers. And so that's, it's a weird thing to think about, but um, yeah, we, I've been there for 14 years, but, but walking with Landon, um, my dad actually hired him as our youth and worship pastor in Sylvan Lake in, I think it was 96. So um, what is what, what is that? That's 20, 27 years. Wow. So I, I was on the worship team and I ended up being on the youth leadership team. And I was like, kind of, cause I was the pastor's kid. I was kind of like an automatic, like leader in that environment. I was like 14, 15 years old. And so, so yeah, um, 27 years we've been walking together in ministry, which is wild and all the different kind of phases of life, which has been so cool. Like I was a punk 14 year old kid and he's teaching me you know how to pick on the guitar how to play the guitar and and I you know started leading worship when I was like 15 16 years old and it was so bad and and just like just learning all of that you know different phases and then we we went to uh we went to Medicine Hat and um ran a kids camp for like nine years oh I I was there for nine summers he was there for eight and and then I ended up running the camp after he moved up to, to Leduc and uh, ran the camp for a couple summers. And then and then I came up to Leduc. And then 14 years later, here we are. And we've walked together. He's been spiritual father, mentor, um, friend, and gone through this the phases of like, you know, father, mentor type thing into like um, adolescence and then becoming a married, you know, having kids, becoming a dad. And then now to kind of walking as, um, like what he would say is walking as peers and friends, which is, a, it's just an amazing, it's just an amazing thing. You don't get, you just don't get that. So anyways, wow. yeah. So that's, um, that's how long I've been a gateway. And, uh, uh, it's been, an, it's been an amazing, amazing journey, highs and lows and everything in between. And, I feel like I've made, uh, I've learned probably the most in the last 14 years that I have in my entire life could be the season of my life. My thirties were a lot of growth and a lot of learning, a lot of like unlearning and, um, a lot of reading and discovering just, oh man, just the, the expanse of the goodness of God. So yeah, well, tell us a little bit more about that because I know that was you know part of your journey that you shared with Angela and I, and it really resonated because it's it's been a similar journey for me. I know being a PK has a different pressure to it, and um, you know you're you're in the pressure cooker a lot more, especially from an early age. So, but you know, very very similar in my mind because I grew up in the church and remember getting saved at like three years old. People always thought I was a PK, but it's, it is different. So like, tell us some, you know, I know you, you have a great relationship with your dad and all that, uh, but there was beliefs that were formed in your heart uh, that have shifted. And so whatever you feel comfortable sharing, but what, what would you like to share? Yeah. I mean, my, like, we're all on this 
spiritual journey, no matter where we, you know, start in life. And, you know, as a kid, I think it's interesting um, is you can pick up different um you can pick up different things and different theologies along the way. Some of them are communicated and some of them are just implied, right? And sometimes, um, you know, from our environment, um, you know, we can we can feel like there's some implied theology around how to engage God. So where is God? You know, like we grew up, I grew up in, in we're a Pentecostal church when I was, you know, really young and getting into the 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 vineyard movement you know the the early stages of like that beautiful worship and really heartfelt worship and and so experienced all of that and a lot of the beauty um of just the presence of god and and you kind of as a kid you know and and some of the adults even narrate to you what how to engage the presence of god or how to enter in or how to worship a certain way and 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 it's interesting because I mean, over over that time, especially as a young as a young guy, I I learned I learned how to sense like I learned what the presence of God felt like. The I learned to to hear His voice at you know at at an early age. I learned how to you know be sensitive to that. But then I also kind of had a little bit of this kind of religious um, foundation that's that's just kind of mixed in there, and you're trying to filter through you know what is what. And so I think we all have this kind of disposition like each one of us as humans we have this disposition to um to to learning about god learning about theology and and one of the core beliefs is this belief of of separation which is i always i feel like okay god we worshiped and now god just kind of showed up and now he's here and i feel him and it feels so good um but then i go home and i say some bad words and i lie to my sister and i punch my brother and and now he's gone right holy spirit is gone god has left the building and and we kind of like our experience um begins to kind of narrate our theology right and um and i think every person has to go through this phase of life where we actually, we have to like, we verbalize some of that unspoken theology, some of that unspoken um, perspectives that we have about God, we verbalize and get that out there. And we realize, oh, that is actually just, that's a performance mindset. That's, that's a religious mindset. That's an orphan mindset, whatever. That is really at the core of it. It's a separation theology, um, which is, you know, inherently i am down here and god is up there and so we have to try to bridge the gap and so you know subconsciously we all use all these different mechanisms to try and um to try and bridge that gap some of us like um some of us it's it was worship for some of us it's like you know being a good boy being a good girl right like i do all the good things because you know i want god to love me and i want him to want to be close to me like i some of you know for some people it's like reading the bible and memorizing scripture and all these things and so we have these like the practices of our spirituality um in the early stages are almost like a mechanism that we or or a a thing that we fashion into almost like a ladder to climb up to god it's really it's a babel right we build our own religious um our own religious practices into a type of babel where we think we can climb up to god and i think that the turning point for all of us the turning point for me was um is when we finally come to the realization that i'm just um i just can't do it 
that I'm just, I just, I don't have it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not good enough to be a religious person. I'm not good enough. I can't do the the fasting right. I can't do the, um, you know, the holding my tongue when I want, you know, want to be angry. This unforgiveness stuff is so hard to walk through, you know, like, and we come to this place at the end of ourselves. And this is kind of what happened with me. Um, because I came to the end of myself and I see these, I have these friends that were like big prophetic people and these amazing worship leaders and these people that just seem to like have something that I didn't have. And in my mind, it was always like, like the rich young ruler, what must I do to mm. have? And, and that I, God kind of weeded that out in me um, by allowing me to come to the end of myself and realize my just ineptitude yeah. <laughs> like like i can't do it i'm i'm not good enough i'm not good enough to to my right the righteousness of my own like paul was even way better at it. it's like i you know uh, i was um hebrew of hebrews i was a pharisee i had a righteousness of my own uh, i barely even could muster up an, a righteousness of my own and so it was really easy for me to leave that behind when the holy spirit says do you want do you want your own righteousness or do you want to live in mind? You know, do you want, um, do you want your own kind of pitiful relationship that you're trying to build with God or do you want mine? And, and I, I would say that, you know, I prayed the prayer like you and I, you know, so many times, three, four, five, six year old, because we're just terror terrified of, you know, hell. And so we want to make sure that um, make sure we're, you know, our names in that book. And so we pray, pray, pray. Um, but I, you know, I say that I, I, I would have prayed as a young kid, but, but it, I think it was probably in my, my mid twenties that I came to the end of myself and I really began to allow, um, the gospel and the grace of God to, to tear down all of the, the religiosity that I had, all of the, the lies that I had. And, um, and so began to unpack grace, began to unpack the new covenant, began to unpack um, baptism. I just did our baptism course at our church last night. And it's just the, it's just the absolute best, yeah. the best, goodest news you can imagine. That's what gospel means is good news. And it's baptism is one of the clearest pictures of what it means to, um, to be saved, to, to do this life in Christ, which is, I submit, I do a trust fall into the waters of baptism, into, what does Jesus say, baptizing the name, them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I, I'm, I'm trust falling back into the waters of the life of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Yeah. I am being immersed into their life. The invitation isn't for me to invite Jesus into my life. That's what I was always that's what I was always trying to do is like, Jesus, yeah, would you come in here? Would you come in here? And, and it was like, uh, um, I always use the, I always use the, um, yeah, this is a plug for Tim Hortons. I have a Tim Hortons cup here. You can't yeah. see it. You're just listening, but I always saw myself as a, as a, you know, as a, a cup, right? It's like, I got to fill up, fill up. I got to keep filling that cup because it's, it leaks and it's empty um, and it dries up and we got to keep filling it, filling it, filling it. Right. But, um, but Jesus in John four with the woman at the well, he says, actually, um, 
uh, if you drink this, this living water out of your bellies will come rivers of living water. So um, we are not a cistern. We're not a cup that's holding a depleting source. We are literally um, connected to this, the source, <laughs> like a well is um, produces water because it's connected to a water source. Right. And so, and so anyways, I began to, began to realize that um, it's not about what I'm trying to put into myself. Jesus invites me into his life. And so I am being baptized into the father, son, and spirit. And so then Paul says, like, if you've been baptized, you've been unified with him in his life, his death, and you know that you'll be unified with him in his resurrection. Yeah. So, so this is like, anyway, so this was like the, just the radical good news is that I don't, I don't work my, my way into God. I don't work my way into his presence. I, I can't make myself in Christ. First Corinthians one thirty says that it is because of God that you are in Christ, mm -hmm. right? Like it was his work that put you in Christ. And we identify with that and we submit to that reality by being baptized. And baptism gives us this beautiful picture of just being immersed in water. Like every part of the water is touching every part of you. Like you are completely submerged. Mm. And that is the reality that we live in now is this submersion into the life of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Whether we are aware of it or not, that is where we live and move and have our being is in him. Yeah. And so that reality, like that reality brought me to a, a crossroads. Um, and I've always been like a, you know, led by, you know, strong convictions. I, you know, I, you know, got my thoughts and opinions and convictions, whatever. Um, but that was kind of a crossroads for me where I had to, make a decision of whether I'm going to trust the reality that I had lived in, which is God's outside of me. And I need to try and get him in. He's out there. I'm separate. There's a chasm. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's not, you know, he's out there and I'm down here or I have to accept the reality of the fact that, you know, second Corinthians five says that um, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation, not just you, the, the word there is actually, there is a new creation, hmm. which is like, it's referencing the new creation, the new, the, the, the new earth and the new heaven that are coming that we get to foretaste hmm. now by the Holy Spirit in Christ. And so I either have a choice to go on living in this dualistic view of inside, outside, you know, I have to try to get God to come down here, or I begin to let this reality of of my union with Christ begin to retrain my whole way of thinking, my whole way of um, doing every one of those spiritual practices. Um, and, and so I, I, I submitted, <laughs> I submitted to this beautiful grace, this reality, um, the truth of the gospel. And I accepted it as, um, as the truth, as my, as my reality and and so because of that every one of those spiritual practices has had to i've had to relearn them yeah wow um i don't know have you ever have you ever experienced anything like that the, like this is almost identically in my story because it was like in my i was a little bit younger i think i was like 19 or 20 and it was only by relationship with my brother introducing me to a, a grace preacher 
that actually carried that revelation. And, you know, you, you said this, and I think it's a perfect scripture to re represent what you went through is blessed is he who comes to the end of himself or is poor in spirit is what some translations say, for he will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's, you know, that's in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Uh, right, exactly what I think you experienced and what I experienced. You come to the end of yourself. You're like, I actually said, is this all Christianity is? Like, huh. you know, do I just come to church on Sunday and like be a, be a good boy? Uh, like, I, like, I don't, I don't want just that. I want more. I want like, I want to actually do the works of Jesus. And so that took me on the journey, very similar to yourself of having to go back through. And it's like, it, it was a relearning and then now it's a constant unveiling I feel like it's like you relearn how to orient yourself in the identity that God has established for you mm -hmm. and, and then you know one of the things you said and it's like a single concise sentence I think of exactly what you you said is that we don't have a relationship with Jesus we have or we sorry we don't have a relationship with God we have Jesus's relationship with the Father mm -hmm. because we're in Christ Okay, so we don't have a relationship with God. We have Jesus's relationship with the Father. You are seated in him and he is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. We get to live from that reality yeah. right now. And so uh, like that, that is absolutely good news and completely changes the perspective of I have to do anything because I, I haven't earned it. So it's just learning. And it's funny that we just talked about this with Trevor is it's learning how to just enter into participation with God. It's mm -hmm. God, what are you doing? And how do I participate with you? And so, man, totally understand, like, you know, you and me are, you know, you know, recovering good boys. We're the, we're the son who stayed at home. Uh, you know, my, my brother always makes the joke that uh, he could pastors at the summit and, you know, he, he's like, he's the oddball out because he doesn't have a criminal record and a beard and you know some tattoos. Like, He's this clean shaven good boy, but it's it's so great because um uh you know he's he's the recovering good boy, which is like a lot of Christian stories. Yeah. Coming out of that. And it's yeah. it's not necessarily something that was bred in us from our homes of origin, but really it's just the the reality of our hearts thinking that we need to be something good for God rather than just receiving the fruit of goodness and abiding in him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like it's, it's a little bit of a, a natural process like that, like in the early church, um, you know, there's this whole influx of brand new people getting saved. Right. And, you know, like 3000 were added to the number that day, 4,000, all these people getting saved and families and whatever. And then, and that's beautiful. And all these new converts and this new life, but then, but then there's an interesting that a thing that happened a generation later is wait a minute. So now these believers that, that follow the way, they're having kids, and the kids are being raised in a different environment, like an environment of, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, right? An environment of covenant and gospel and all of that. And and we are trained in the the language and the context and the, re, you know, you know, um, yeah, we're trained in that growing up. Um, but, but just like, I mean, just like you and probably me, sometimes um, there's some things that we've made assumptions about and things that we've got confused. And I, I feel like it's so important for us to all come to this place of this realization. And, um, and I feel like it maybe happens when 
um, it, it maybe happens when we actually, you know, take this posture of, of, I have nothing, I have nothing to offer. God, I need you to, you know, you know, I, I need you to reveal yourself to me. Um, but there is this like almost coming of age where I'm making this relationship. I'm, I'm taking this seriously and I want to, I want to process this, um, with God, you know, who am I and who are you? And, and we go through this, this phase of almost like a, an awakening. I, that's not kind of what I would call it for me is, um, is I had an awakening and it came through some different teaching. Um, it came through the scriptures. It came through people teaching the scriptures to me, like, what does this actually mean? Right. I've read, I, there's verses that I memorized and I knew for so long. And then that all of a sudden they have this like radical new meaning. Um, that's what they meant all along, but I didn't understand it. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I think the milk, you know, moving on from milk to meat, it's like the baby couldn't eat meat. It wouldn't be good for you to give um, your newborn eventually, you know, a nice prime rib. Like it yeah. would not be good. Like they have to grow. Um, they have to grow up and be able to digest and chew on and feed themselves. And so that, yeah. So we come to that, that, that part of our journey where we're awakened. And so um, like you were saying, one of the things that was the, um, the massive turning point for me was the realization that I am not creating my own relationship with the father, son, and spirit. Like I am not, I am not trying to like weasel my way in to the, the father, son, and spirit to the Trinity so that it, I'm going to like create a, a quadrinity. Like now there's four of us in there and it's like, you know, it's great. No, no, no. I, I am brought into the life of the father, son, and spirit in Christ. And I, I read this so many times and I could not understand it. But now it makes sense to me is that by the Holy Spirit, I've been brought up into Christ's face-to-face -face relationship with the Father. This is where I wish, um, I don't know if you're going to put the video on YouTube, but so we need this visual because I put my hands like this and and they're fit, my hands are facing each other. And this is the this is the the imagery that I always use. Um like you're John, making a ball with your hands kind of thing. I'm making a ball with my hands. My hands, if they had faces, are facing each other. And, <laughs> and so, you know, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything that came into being came into being through the Word. And, and so we have this in the beginning, before the beginning, before Genesis 1, there is a reality that exists before that, and it's the Father, Son, and Spirit. And so we have this relationship, this, and so in the beginning was the word, the word was with, that word with is pros. I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcast a whole bunch. I'm sure Trevor even mentioned it, but that word. Oh, man. Go for it. Just go for it. You, this is, this, this is a specific Josh thing and I love it. You, you go like, oh, let's go back into the Greek and Hebrew and a lot of that. Yeah. Amazing. Keep going, please. So talk to us. Pros. But that that word pros, like when you, you like like look at the Greek word, let it kind of speak to you because what it does is it what that word pros speaks to us of is a orientation um of the father towards the son, mm. um, towards the word, the logos, the 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 supreme cosmic um plan and uh image of the son, right there, face to face. They're in face-to-face -face relationship. And how are they in face-to-face -face relationship? By the Spirit. 
So they are connected to each other by the spirit. So in that beginning, before the beginning, we have the father in face-to-face. And that face-to-face is like, it's like with your kids or with your wife, where you get so close to their face that you can, you can feel their breath. You know, your nose is touch. Um, you know, with, if it was a, with a stranger, like that's like the most uncomfortable thing on the planet. Um, and I think in reality, I, I always craved that kind of relationship with God, but, but when we would ever, when I ever felt like we got that close, it was uncomfortable because, because I, I didn't really know him. Yeah. And, and so this is the, this is the radical beauty of this relationship, the father and the son face to face, perfect intimacy, perfect relationship, no gaps, no brokenness, no anger or wrath, no disconnect, perfect submission to each other, perfect honor, like everything that you would ever imagine and ever long for is in that relationship. Hmm. And so in that relationship, it's through that relationship that God creates all things. Yeah. Through the sun, through the word and all everything that's created is created through him. Nothing that's created wasn't created through him. So everything that you see and touch, every person, every thing around you, you can imagine has flowed through that relationship, has Mm -hmm. come out of that relationship, has come through from the father, through the son, in the spirit and and has made manifest, right? And so this is, um, and this, this is like, this is amazing because in him is the light of men, right? Or we'll just read it real quick. John one. And in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and without him, not one thing came into being to being what has come into being was uh, in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And so, so this is what we are created. Uh, this is the this is the reality that we're created from. Mm-hmm. Later on, Jesus is talking with Nic- Nicodemus in in John three, um, and and he says um, he says if you want to enter the kingdom, you have to be born again. But that word "born again" that again is is an interesting translation of the Greek word. Um, it's actually it actually means um, born from above yeah and this is how you enter the kingdom this is how you know that you are a son of god is that the the spirit reveals it to you you hear the good news of the word um you hear the good news of the gospel and the proclamation that you are brought you are in christ that this is your origin that this is where you are actually born from you are from the father through the son and now you're trying to now you now you're trying to live your life down here outside of that reality that is eternal life that yeah. relationship that place that position is eternal life john says um john says that this is eternal life that you know god that word know right intimate connection know him in the face to face and so um even later on in later on in john 1 um he says do you believe do you think that you were born of the will of the flesh hmm. born of the will of the flesh you were born of the will of the father so not only are you from the father through the son by the spirit um 
it was his it was his desire for you to exist it was his will for you to exist wow. his longing it was his design for you to exist you didn't decide to be born hmm. i didn't decide to be born i didn't you know i didn't like even my even my parents on that you know cold wintry night and they're snuggling up and things are getting a little crazy um that you might think that that was their will or their plan but it was actually the father's plan mm. it was actually the will of the father and so when i realize when i i i hear the good news that this is my origin yeah. this is where i'm from i'm born from above mm-hmm. then you can then you can begin to enter the kingdom. Then you can begin to, I wouldn't even say enter, but you can live in the kingdom, live from that reality. And so by the Holy Spirit, we are being brought, the Holy Spirit's revealing Jesus to us, mm-hmm. revealing um, our inclusion into his life. We are hidden, our lives are hidden with Christ, right? Like Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, um, but um but the life I live, I now live by the faith of the Son of God, which is the faithfulness of the Son of God, which is the, the faithful relationship of the of the Son to the Father. This is where I live my life from. I no longer live. That, that old separated life that I imagine that I'm down here trying to do the right thing and be a good boy and impress God and get him to just love me. Father, would you just love me? That old broken um addicted, angry, lustful, um, confused, depressed, anxious existence was laid in Christ's grave with him, mm-hmm. co-crucified with Christ. I no longer live and I'm co-buried with Christ so I can be raised with Christ into his life, into his divine life. And the life that he's bringing me into is the life of the relationship of the of, of him and his father. Yeah. And so... I don't build my own relationship with God. Right. I allow the Holy Spirit to unveil the reality and the relationship that I have been brought into. Right. Well, and so that exactly is what we define as revelation is God revealing, or you said unveiling. Yes. An aspect of who he is to us and then us in turn getting to reveal back to God who we are back to the father back to the son back to the holy spirit um you you had said something about living in the kingdom reality and well even like um you know mention that um you know because when christ is crucified the old is gone behold the new has come that's the scripture referencing that all of that stuff is gone and that's why people could actually live a new covenant relationship with god in the old covenant because christ was crucified when at the foundation of the earth and that's mm-hmm. that's what it says in, in scripture right like so from the beginning we had access to the father in christ which is crazy to think because he's outside of time but that's why david had that that new covenant relationship with him he's a man after god's own heart and that that was the goal but there's one other thing i wanted to say share quick that it just triggered a thought when you were talking about we get to live in that kingdom reality, what we often talk about in our business and in when we're teaching is the kingdom of God is peace, joy, and righteousness. So we understand peace, what peace is. So you can take any aspect of your life, say relational. 
Okay, so if we are entering into the kingdom of God in our relationships, we're gonna, we're going to feel peace. We're going to encounter peace. Doesn't mean there's not conflict, but there's even peace in the conflict. Um, mm -hmm. The verb of joy is enjoyment. So there's going to be enjoyment in the relationship. And then when I exegete scripture, I see righteousness is right alignment and covenant relationship. So we're actually going to be rightly aligned in our in our relationships. Um, and so if you're entering into friendship, into marriage, whatever, you're going to be rightly aligned in those relationships. And you get to encounter that greater kingdom reality. Because before, in your old nature, what you talked about was you couldn't encounter peace if you were the one trying to always attain your or get yourself to God, building your own babble, trying to, you know, bridge that gap because you're always in turmoil. But when you understand that you're a new creation, you get to enter into that peace. And there's just, there becomes enjoyment. It starts with the Lord and moves into every area of your life. Yeah, absolutely. That righteousness piece is so interesting because um, I mean it's it's multifaceted. Totally. Um, like for so for us um, to say, um, so I just I just taught about I just taught a couple of weeks ago about the the parable of the um, the Pharisee and the tax collector, and at, at you know on the surface it doesn't seem like a really fun parable to talk about, but there's so much beauty in it. But and so what I'll just say is this, um, just really quickly. Um, is that 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 the the tax collector came to prayer, obviously in a humility and in a brokenness, and 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 he actually says when when he says, um, uh, "Son of God, like have mercy on me." He's actually saying it's a better way to translate it is actually um, make atonement for me. Yeah, that the that the. Um, that the tax collector is is crying out to God, make atonement. And that word atonement actually is a man-made word. Well, I mean, all words are really man-made, but except for though eternal word. But anyways, um, the man-made the man-made word atonement literally means at one mint. At one minute. At one mint. Okay. It's to be made at one. Hmm. That's atonement. At one mint. And he comes in his humility and his brokenness and a realization of all the, all the ways that he's failed and what he what he's lost in this world. And he says, make atonement for me, have mercy, because he uses that word mercy. And it's a different word than the, the, the word that Jesus uses a little bit later for mercy. It's not just like show kindness and benevolence. It actually means make atonement. And so there is this. Um, and then it says, Jesus says, and he went down from there to his home. Um, justified hmm. and justified justification means to be made righteous wow so he says so the tax collector asks calls out to god saying make atonement for me and god responds at with justifying him which is to um offer him his righteousness now what is that righteousness that righteousness is the is Christ's right standing with his father mm -hmm. is this this rightness in this relationship mm -hmm. experience the wrongness in so many relationships that we have there's a lot of wrongness that goes around um and what we're all longing for this is what even the sacrificial system 
um, the religious traditions, all of these things where even the stuff that we do is we're trying to attain right standing with God mm. and we can't do it mm -hmm. except that we come to, to him and say, make at one minute, make atonement for me. And then the father in Christ has done that, made us by the spirit has made us one with Christ and brought us into the right standing with him. So we are brought into Christ's relationship with his father. And that is righteousness. That is. And so this is what I would say. Okay. This last thing I want to say, I don't know how much time we have. Time has disappeared for That's me. Right. Uh, um, is that, that, that righteousness that relationship with the father, the perfect relationship with the father, with the son is righteousness in the spirit. Okay. In the Holy spirit. And this reality, this existence right here is um, the truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus says, I'm the way I'm the yep. truth and the life. So I'm the way, which is you come. The only way to come to the father is in Christ is mm -hmm. through Christ. So I'm the way. To get into that perfect relationship with the Father, we can only access it through the perfect relationship of the Son. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the way. I'm the truth, which is this, this reality that Jesus experiences of this perfect relationship. Um, no sin, no wrath, no brokenness, no death, no disconnect. Um, this is the truth not just of who Jesus is, but of who we are being made into. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus is the truth of, of my being. Mm -hmm. Jesus is what's true about me. And so Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the truth um, because this is um, the truth of our being. Um, and he is the life, which in the spirit, this is eternal life. This is what, when Jesus talks about eternal life, he's not saying you're going to go to heaven one day and it's going to be grand and you're going to float around on, you know, clouds and drink, you know, heavenly Tim Hortons and play harps all day. It's like, he's what? So I like heavenly Tim Hortons. That's funny. Heavenly Tim Hortons. I don't even know what it would be like. <laughs> but, um, he's not talking about that. He is talking about the eternal kind of life that is the divine life of the Father, Son, and Spirit that they experience and they enjoy uh, through all time, unbroken and unfettered. Mm -hmm. That is the eternal life. It's the divine life that he wants us to experience. And so to bring this full circle, which I like circles, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. So Jesus is the truth in the relationship with his Father, and we're brought into him by the Spirit. Um, and so... John 1, cross, face to face. Now, for those of you listening, turn to John chapter 4. Because I'm a worship leader and I have studied all of the words for worship and all of the stuff in the Old Testament and da-da-da. And I've, I've quoted this scripture and taught from it in so many different ways. But it wasn't until I realized, until I was awake to this reality of where I am in Christ in relationship with the Father by the Spirit it wasn't until I had that, that was revealed to me mm -hmm. that I actually understood a greater degree of what Jesus is saying when he talks to this, um, the Samaritan woman at the well. 
Um, and so let's just go into it really quick. Um, so we'll just go from, you guys know the well, or the story, they meet there and, um, you know, Jesus asked her to give him some water. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. You should have given me water because then, um, or the water I give you would, you know, be, um, would cause, you know, rivers of living water to spring up within you and all of this and this beautiful thing. And she's, and then she's saying, um, let's go just from verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. And the woman's answered, I, I have no husband. Okay, let's skip past that a little bit. We all know that part. Um, um, the woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. Now, that word worship there um, is proskuneo. Okay. okay. Um, and what it means, if you break it down, what it means is to turn to kiss. And I always just like on that level, like that was a beautiful revelation on that level. It was like, oh, worship is us just turning to God and and kissing him. Right. It's intimacy. It's it, it's it's a turning, which is kind of repentant. And and it's, you know, and then we offer our love to him. But there's more to it. OK. Um uh, it says, um, where was I at? Uh, the woman said to him, see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say um, that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Hmm. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true when the true worshipers will worship and catch this. Worship. Oh, one sec. Did you hear that beep? I got it. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah. So this is beeping. Sorry. Um, we said the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father seeks such as these to worship him okay so let me paint this picture for you to worship in spirit and in truth to worship the father in spirit and in truth and i've heard so many different renderings and trying to understand oh what is spirit and truth like um you know a lot of different definitions but i want to bring this because this is john's gospel mm -hmm. and he's building from his prologue and in, in john one he's building on themes and concepts. And so the word that Jesus uses, the word that John writes in, in, in John four here for worship is proskuneo. Hmm. And so I want to paint this picture for you. Remember John one, the, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Okay. So father, son, face to face in the spirit. Got it. Yeah. Now we're getting what is worship and worship is proskuneo. That root word of proskuneo is guess what? Pros. Mm -hmm. It's pros from John 1, that with, that face-to-face. Proskuneo. -face. Mm. So it it's it's the 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 true worshipers will worship from Jesus' face-to-face relationship with his father in the spirit. And how are we in that relationship? It's by the spirit, in spirit. It's in the Son, who is the truth, to worship who? The Father. Mm. We have Father, Son, and Spirit. The Spirit and 
uh, we worship in the spirit, in the truth, who is Jesus in his perfect relationship with the Father. And it's from that place that Jesus has brought us into his face-to-face, -face, his closeness. And if you can see what I'm doing right now with my hands, it's like my hands are so close. They're just like a millimeter away that we've been brought so close that we can offer this other side of that word, pros kineo, which that second part of the word means to kiss. Wow. So we've been brought so close by the son to his father in the spirit. And it's from that place of the overwhelming beauty and goodness and majesty of who God is and what he's done, that we all we have to do is extend our lips, the distance of our lips, and we kiss the Father. Hmm. It's from like this deep, deep intimacy. And this, this is worship. It's, it's not all of the the, the sacrifices that we would bring. It's not all of the songs that we might sing. It's not trying to, you know, convince God to come from way out there and come down here and fill this place. It's true worship is in the spirit, in the son, kissing the father. Mm. This is what, this is what informs how we worship. There is no separation. There is no um, religious duty here. And so it's from that place that I can just freely honor him with, and, and lavish my love on him and bring everything that's going on in me and lay it before him. All of the, like 75% of the Psalms are lament, like, I, like the safest place for your lament, the safest place for your brokenness and your hurt and pain is into the father. He can handle it. Yeah. He can absorb it. And when we get all of that out and we can, we offer this, this kiss, this, this honoring, this blessing, this Thanksgiving, like my, my two-year-old, I just love him so much right now. He'll just, he'll, I say, can I have a kiss? And he just grabs the side of my head and he pulls my face in and squeezes my face against his, like we're just smushed. And like, this is the picture of, of this beautiful, deep worship is that the sun loves the father there's just squishes our face our faces together and we could stay there for any amount of time because there's nothing separating us there's nothing between there's nothing distorting this relationship there is nothing contaminating this relationship because through the holy spirit and in the son he has done away with all of that stuff laid it in his grave so that we can come up into his life and enjoy this smushed face kiss with the father that absolutely causes every anxiety and every fear and all the shame and guilt to just melt away and we can freely love and experience the life of the father son and spirit from that place hmm. wow. that's 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 worship yeah and all the ways that i've defined it you know pale in comparison to the beauty of what that of that practice yeah so when we say let's the practice of worship we're not talking about some some religious sweat equity duty hmm. we're talking about and this is even this has affected how i pray it's affected how i worship how i read the scriptures how i love my kids how i live my life <laughs> how i do my job 
how I do my side hustles. I'm doing everything from that place mm -hmm. together with the Father. And so I don't pray the same. I don't worship the same. And so this is, and this is what we've been brought into. Mm -hmm. And no work of our own. Yeah. I, I bring nothing to this relationship except that I am an object of love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's unbelievable. Like that, I bring nothing except I am the object of the love of, of the Father. I'm a, a place for his love to rest. Yeah, yeah, he sees you as so valuable to invite you into that. But what Jesus yeah. which which is just mind blowing that you, you come to the table with nothing and you're worth everything. That's exactly it. That's proper. See, that's proper Trinitarian theology is that because the Father, Son, and Spirit are one, they're one essence, they're one God, we'd say one God and three persons, um, that they are intertwined infinitely. And you can't separate the two of them out, the three out. They are one, but they are distinct in their own persons. And this is what's so radically beautiful about this relationship is that I am, I get to experience oneness with Jesus and the Father um, and union and all of me just being absorbed into all of them, yet I am still josh i am still me in jesus you know what i mean we're still we still have our personhood we still have our distinction um but we are completely immersed mm. just like baptism it's like baptism wow well <laughs> that was that was incredible <laughs> you know this is uh to me, this is actually like a pretty regular conversation with Josh because you carry you. I'm serious. You carry such a depth. Um, you know, it's it's like chewing on a steak sometimes because it's like there there's a lot of substance to what you just said. Not because, at least in my perspective, because it's intellectual sin. Rather, it's it's actually been wrought out in you by the Lord. Yeah you know, and cultivated within you in relationship with him. And so thank you so much for, for that, for inviting us into your proskuneo sincerely. Like, and that's, again, what it felt like to me is, is, um, is the invitation into your relationship with God. And so that was, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing all that. And that's, uh, you know, that's just a, a taste of what we get to experience both in worship and in hearing Josh teach at the conference. And so we are so excited to, to hear from you October 13th and 14th and um, and partner with you in that. We actually get to do part of the conference on, on the Saturday at your home church, which is going to be amazing. Uh, just on the, on the call with Trevor after we chatted, he's uh, he said how, how amazing your venue is and how dialed in it is and everything. We just, that was reflecting back to him what you talked about. So we're so excited to partner with you, man. Thank you so much for being on today. Man, thank you for having me. It's an honor. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we'd love to hear from you. So please find us at The Well Exchange on Instagram and send us a message.